and I think that's also why men depend on if they're heterosexual men and they have a girlfriend or a wife why we depend on the woman so much because um, she's all we have in terms of emotional intimacy I heard a woman say once when I hold my baby in my arms walking down the street it's like my living heart is in my arms my heart is out of my body in the world that's how I feel about my baby and I told her that you might not know this but that's how a lot of men feel about their wife that that's or the girlfriend that's that's your living heart and that's why men are so protective and can be so jealous also and possessive of their woman because she's the only one he really expresses his deepest emotions to there's no one else that's Max Strom and this is the Yoga Life podcast Hello there. How are you? This is Kevin. You having a good day, a good week? I hope you are. Um, this is episode 25 of the Yoga Life podcast and I'm with none other than Max Strom. Max Strom is a international speaker, teacher, author, which is how I heard of him. And he's developed a practice called the Inner Access. This is like a mix between yoga Qigong and mindfulness. I first heard of Max through reading his book, A Life Worth Breathing. And uh, since then, he's released another book, There Is No App for Happiness. So you may be able to tell by the titles that Max is all about connecting people together and connecting us to ourselves. More recently, he's focused on men, how men relate to each other how we understand ourselves and why men more than women tend to suffer from loneliness from much higher suicide rates this is an area that interests me being a man do that in my deep voice and uh, so i went over to see max in trioga in london a few weeks ago went to his first calibrated man workshop it was a fascinating experience a lot of a really good turnout good attendance and it's made me think a lot more about how yoga has affected me as a man and how I've changed as a man um, I'll talk a lot more about this in, an, in another podcast but it's an area that's going to be um, I'm going to touch on much more in the future uh, Max is phenomenal he's got a as I said in the previous podcast a really great voice as well which I think is so important especially if you're a teacher so I hope you enjoy this episode. If you get a chance to check out his book, A Life Worth Breathing, it's available on Audible if you don't like reading um, and you prefer listening like I do. If you enjoy, please leave a review on iTunes. Uh, we're at 55 stars already, so this is unbelievable. We keep going, we're knocking out the park. So if you get a chance to leave a review and a rating, that would be, I'll be your friend forever, basically. We're BFFs forever, pinky swear. So enjoy, and here's Max. Hey, Max, how are you? <laughs> Never better. <laughs> nice to be talking to you in London. Yeah, we're sitting in a, a nice black Audi outside Troy Yoga. Yes, it's in my rider. I will only do interviews in black Audis. <laughs> <laughs> You're being a diva. <laughs> That's right. I want an ice sculpture next time as well of myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, to give people some context, I was at your workshop, The Calibrated Man, mm. 
and I'm feeling more calibrated already. I hope so. <laughs> on, yeah. on Friday um, in Chayoga Shoreditch, and it was phenomenal. As you were saying, it's the first one you've done. Yes, yeah, the first one I've done just for men. Mm. The content was, I would say, 80% the same as what I give to women, but the, ex the, the extra 20% was definitely slanted toward talking to, to men because I find that, um, as we've discussed, there are certain emotions that we're trained not to express. Grief, fear, loneliness, and others. And it goes double for men because for us it's not just socially unacceptable, but if we express some of these emotions like grief, fear, and loneliness, and especially grief and fear, uh, it actually uh, knocks us down as, uh, as viable men. You know, you have no chance of being an alpha if, if you're expressing these emotions. You're mm -hmm. definitely a beta or down below that. And so uh, we have great fear of, of being ostracized, of, being, of losing our status as men. Even when you're six years old, you learn really quickly. You cannot cry no matter how many times you get hit in the face, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, you can cry later in private, but not in front of the school. And so even if you had parents that were very understanding and told you that you can express your emotions, when you get to the schoolyard, it's all different. Yeah. I think um, that's something that isn't talked about a lot, though, because no. men are too proud, maybe. They are too... Um, as you said in, on, on Friday, men want to compete with each other. A lot of it is that they feel like maybe they need to compete with each other. Yes. And um, everything's a competition. Everything's competition, absolutely. And that's um, it's interesting because although we feel like we need to do that to be the alpha, the downside is that we are increasingly feeling a lot lonelier. It's it's uh, unbelievably lonely uh, because when you shut down some emotions you tend to shut down other emotions too. We're not, we don't have that good of an apparatus emotionally where we can say, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna feel fear or grief or loneliness. I'm gonna stuff those, but I'm gonna be able to fully function and express myself with love and praise and um, joy and things like that. It doesn't mm -hmm. really work that way. If you start shutting down three or four emotions, you start shutting down all of them. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lot of men feel very numb and completely isolated. Mm. And I think that's also why men depend on, if they're heterosexual men and they have a girlfriend or a wife, why we depend on the woman so much because um, she's all we have in terms of emotional intimacy. Mm. I heard a woman say once, when I hold my baby in my arms walking down the street, it's like my living heart is in my arms. My heart is out of my body in the world. That's how I feel about my baby. And I told her that, you might not know this, but that's how a lot of men feel about their wife. That that's, or the girlfriend, that's, that's your living heart. And that's why men are so protective and can be so jealous also and possessive of their woman because she's the only one he really expresses his deepest emotions to. There's no one else. So as a psychiatrist friend of mine says, who, who, who um, counsels uh, couples a lot, he said, I think men's greatest fear is their wife being angry with them. 
<laughs> and we had a good laugh, but he said, I'm serious. He said, because when the, when the wife gets mad at you and you feel that the source of love cut off, he goes, you're, that's all you got. You know, if a woman's husband gets angry and they have a big fight, she can go to her girlfriends. They commiserate. They might even cry. They'll even sleep in each other's bed. They'll say, can I stay over the night? You know, and they'll, they'll hug each other like sisters as men isolate themselves when they go into a situation like yeah. that. So we're really we're really much more uh, starved. Men, I believe, are much more starved for uh, intimacy, and I, and I don't just mean physical intimacy. I mean uh, emotional intimacy, mm. because we're taught not to be vulnerable. And if you want to be intimate, you have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So we're really stuck between a, a rock and a hard place. And but as you said on Friday, we're not shown how to do it, uh, as in we don't. Um... Like I think if you think of vulnerability, you think we. Th- I, I think of tears. I think of crying, mm. and the last thing I want to do is cry in front of my girlfriend, right. because I would feel weak. Right. And and I think that's the difference between. I think a lot of men don't understand what is the difference between vulnerable and being weak. Exactly, because the way we were trained, uh, there is no difference. But, and but as you as you were older, and, and as I said last night, and this is kind of funny. We have to be careful not to allow the infrastructure of our emotions be defined by a, a mob of bratty children from when we were kids. Because if you think back, those are the kids that defined us. And But now when we look back, yeah, they're just a bunch of brats. And they're, now they're my age and suffering the same things that I'm suffering through. So we can decide who we are, not allow our childhood to decide who we are and, and how we feel. Mm-hmm. But in terms of weakness versus vulnerability... All vulnerability means is that you're at risk. Mm. And so a soldier in the field doing a a heroic action, showing bravery, means that he or she is um, more at risk to doing something, let's say, to save their mate. Mm. And taking, maybe getting shot as they do it, and they consider that's a brave man. That's because he took a risk. That means he was in a vulnerable position. Mm. That's physical. But emotional, the same thing. If you're the first one to say, I love you, not, and then the other person says nothing, that's a very vulnerable <laughs> position to be in. If you ask a woman out and she says no, that's very vulnerable. Men are asked to do these vulnerable things like be the, the person who mm. asks out the person. Otherwise, we would never get asked out, most of us. Um, but also, even being the protector... It means, you know, if there's somebody breaking in your apartment, you're the one that's supposed to go get in harm's way. <laughs> you know, you don't wait in bed while your woman goes and gets in harm's way. So we are put in vulnerable situations all the time, and, and mostly none of it's good. We don't see any good in it. It's just risk, and it's risk of damage. But when it comes to vulnerability in relationships, it's essential, and it is, it is good. Mm. But we were not taught that. And women do participate in this to a certain degree. I mean, you know, I, I can't remember the exact quote Woody Allen said. It was very funny. He said something like, um, it's too bad that um, loneliness, desperation, and um, and insecurity weren't sexy to women. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is one of his movies from the 70s back when he, he was very popular. Yeah. Uh, so it was something like that. That you get the the gist of it. Yeah. And uh, 
and if you talk to women, you know that's true. That women like prefer usually, not always, but usually a man who's confident, mm. um, because they're not wired to protect us. So if we meet a woman that we really like, but she's not real confident, we feel that's all right. I can protect her. Mm. It's not. A, it's not a bad thing necessarily. But for a woman, she wants a man to be confident and uh, sure of himself and be able to make good decisions because in the old days, <clears throat> he'd be making decisions for the family. Now everything's up in the air and no one knows what to do. And we need to calm down and relax a little bit and talk to each other <laughs> and, cre and create some, maybe a new, uh, a new way of uh, courting uh, and so on rather than shouting at each other about all this, I think. Well, you've touched on something interesting there because I was at a dinner party last night. We were talking about Tinder. And my cousin had just discovered, I mean, as in he discovered Tinder, not he's married. And but he, Okay, now wait a second. I'm 62. What's Tinder? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Um, so Tinder is the most popular online dating app. Oh. Yeah. But when you said just what you said there about, and we were talking about my cousin was blown, his mind was blown that you swipe left, swipe, if you like someone, swipe left. If you don't like him, you swipe right or right or one or the other. Yeah. And all you see is a picture, their age, maybe their height, and a few little things about them. Uh -huh. But what, so he, his mind was blown by it, and we were talking about people we know that had met through Tinder. But um, that takes away the risk of a guy going up to a girl at a bar and putting himself out there mm -hmm. and doing that um, thing that we, we've kind of done all our life. So what I want to ask you is, when you say a new way of courting, have you thought about maybe how that we could do that? Because I know so many people, I'm 36, I know so many people my age mm -hmm. that are not married, not, don't have kids and want to, but they just can't meet someone because the relationships are so transient. If I don't like you one night, I just swipe left and meet someone else the next night. Mm. Wow. The, well, that, that's romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to uh, poetry and romance? Yeah. Uh, I, are we doomed, I, Max? <laughs> well, for the moment we are, but I, I never believe in permanent doomness. I mean, there's so many times in history where you look at a country where couldn't possibly say I could come back and then we do you know mm. then we do mm. and uh, so I think there's a way around it but you know men and women both can be quite horrible with each other and uh, men's tendency is to be more aggressive uh, physically and women's to be more um, the term in Germany is mobbing in America it's bullying but uh where they can ostracize someone. You, you see this in, with teens or tweens, where the girls get in groups and then they decide to ostracize one of the girls. And it, this is done online quite a bit. I've, I've read articles about this and the girls get terribly upset. Now there's even problems with suicides based on this. Mm. And that's more, uh, has been through the centuries before the internet, more of a woman's way of, uh, of interacting with society. They, it's like this egalitarian way of behaving, but if someone steps out online, they go after them as a mob, basically. Mm -hmm. Even just as simple as, we're not talking to you anymore, you can't sit with us, that kind of thing. Whereas the boys will get in a fist fight. Mm -hmm. And you put those two people in a marriage, one deals with his emotions, with aggression and violence, uh, physical violence, I should say, and the other woman, verbal 
violence or ostracization, and that's where domestic violence comes in. Mm. Uh, it's uh, we need to sort all that out, and you know, of course, the first thing I think is men men need to vow to never hit women ever, mm. no matter what, no matter what. Uh, you know, you, sometimes you have to walk away maybe for a couple of hours to cool down, but that's okay. You just never hit someone or your child either out of anger. But women have some work to do as well in relationships. For example, you can't say things, you can't get four inches from the man's face and say the most demeaning things you could possibly say mm. and then later say, I'm sorry, I was just angry. Mm. You know, you can't unhear some things that make you feel mm. very small inside. And So there's work to be done all the way around. Um, but yeah, let's start with no no physical violence. That's a good idea. Yeah, I. Um, but one of the things that I think you said something brilliant on Friday um, about the best way to drive someone crazy, or the most effective way to drive someone crazy, is to isolate them. Um, and uh, and we do that through with how now people are isolated, but through technology. Um, but I think the ultimate price for poor mental health is suicide. Yes, I mean it's it's, it's and I'm um, this in a, it's a subject that's kind of close to my heart um, and male suicide in in general, and I'm more I'm wanted to ask you, and I'm sure people have different opinions on this, but what is do you think the main reason for men? Because I've done, I've read the statistics. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the main reasons for why men are far more likely to commit suicide than women? Well, this is not my field of expertise. Uh, it's just my opinion. Yeah. But, um, and in case your audience doesn't know, in the UK, and I assume Ireland and the US, I think the statistics are pretty close to the same, where of suicides, 75% of them are men. Yeah. And that's 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 a startling statistic. Um, I think it's due to uh, isolation, uh, that men feel uh, lonely and isolated and don't know how to change that. Uh, I think men can be deeply lonely. There's even a statistic I read once that said if a man has a heart attack, let's say a severe heart attack, so he has to recover from this, his chances are really good that he's going to recover if he has a wife that loves him. Mm-hmm. And his chances are poor if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's how significant love is on a human being. And... um so if you're, if you're an old, and, and by the way, don't forget the suicides are mostly men over 50, the vast majority. So that says something. So maybe the men are in a loveless marriage at this point, or they're divorced. Um, and if they don't have someone who they can look after and who loves them, they're just in this deep isolation that can lead to great depression and hopelessness and then suicide. Mm-hmm. And of course, men tend to deal with things with physical violence ultimately, and it can be violence towards yourself. Yeah. But interestingly, um, the recent statistic in in England, I almost said London, uh, for self harm, is one out of six um, people have self harmed in the last year. That's a tremendous amount of people, and a fourteen year old girls, it's one out of four. Wow. Yeah. So we're, we're 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 not we're not living in a way obviously that feeds the spirit now. Mm-hmm. We have everything we need except happiness. It seems. 
Do you think there is... I'm thinking about Fight Club, the movie. Um, I never saw it. I am aware of it, but I never saw it. Oh, it's very good. Yeah. Um, but one of the things the main character talks about is that um, some men lack purpose. That there's mm-hmm. no great war. There's no... Um, and it, it talks about how men that go away to war um, feel like uh, that's the, they have a duty now. They have a brotherhood. They have some, yeah. some common enemy to fight against. And it's epic. And it's epic, yes. yeah. And their name will go down in history, maybe. And mm-hmm. and and now we don't, I suppose, have that as much. Um, or men that don't. And this, I'm, I'm kind of I'm making two points here, really. And um, I've, this this brings me on to this book called Tribe by Sebastian Younger. Then he's got. I just saw his TED talk. Did you? Actually, two of them. He has two TED talks. Yeah. I was very impressed. Yeah. So I thought that he may interest you. Um, and I find that really fascinating. That. From what I gather, it wasn't the PTSD. It wasn't from what they experienced abroad, but was more so coming back to society, feeling like they had no purpose, and then and no safety, and no safety. Yeah, don't forget that aspect of it. And I've, I'm gathering this from his talks, but also from vets that I've spoken to. And uh, excuse me, vets in America does not mean veterinarian; it means uh, combat veterans. Yeah. So that's what I'm referring to. Um, they feel, even though they're in a war, when they're when they're in the war, even though they're at risk of being killed, they're around a pod of men that they trust with their life. Yes. And that feels very safe. Interesting. That's so ironic, isn't it? Yes. That they're at war and they feel safer. Yes. And they emotionally feel seen, respected. And one of the things that uh, that uh, is an advantage for soldiers is that you can see somewhat who they are by their clothing. You know, because they have... For example, I was at the Pentagon. I got a, a, a private tour of the Pentagon recently. And I was asking the soldier that was giving me the tour about the different insignias on the uniforms I was seeing. And he goes, well, that patch on the right arm means they were in combat. That one there means they were wounded. That one there means they were heroic. That one there shows their rank. And so I was thinking that's so interesting. A man walks up to you. And before you even have a conversation, you can think, that's a formidable human being I'm looking at. Because the clothing tells you. Then that guy comes home. Let's say he's a hero. Let's say he has two silver stars, several purple hearts. He's a lieutenant colonel. He, um, you know, he almost died a few times. He saved people's lives. He will go down in history. He comes home. He's wearing normal clothing. As someone comes up to him and dents his car... Mm. and doesn't say I'm sorry and treats him with complete disrespect and he just has to bite his tongue because he's not in, he's not in the army anymore mm. and just take it and people don't, don't no longer treat him with the respect he deserves and earned because they can't see who he is because he's not wearing a uniform that's so interesting mm. I think that's what's so compelling about teams mm. I was saying to you I've recent I, I quit alcohol two years ago and I don't Good for you. Thank you. And uh, but I also had to quit a bunch of, I would say, brothers. Uh, yeah. You know that I played football with every Saturday, trained with twice a week, loved them, and we were got on so well. We used to go on holiday together, and you know, uh, and now I don't see them at all. And I, I find that that transition was very difficult because yes. I felt like I had a place in the team. I, yeah. I had a job and yeah. I was part of this bigger system um, and I was needed. And um, 
that's that's something we lose when we leave school when we leave uh, if you and i think a lot of people find that when they join a company that's that, that's their new team you know mm -hmm. their new mm -hmm. um but um yeah so it, it i have and then another thing is with, with alcohol as well is when you're a man you drink alcohol you'd be like i love you man you know i love yeah. you too man yeah but if you said that to someone without any beers in the middle of the day but like, oh what I'm, I'm yeah he must fancy me. <laughs> exactly. That, uh, actually, I think that's one of the reasons why Northern European societies drink so much alcohol, the men, because that's when we become expressive. You know, you watch a sports game and we can shout and yell and get angry, mm. uh, get sad, get uh, say, oh, they lost. I can't believe, can you believe he did that? <laughs> yeah. um, and... Huh. Uh, get excited and hug each other when we our team wins and we become very vivid emotionally mm. uh, but only when we have alcohol mm. it's a real shame um well max i know you got your workshop haven't you now i'm sure i do i have to go now yeah because uh, pleasure speaking you with got, you though yeah absolutely thank you so much um so i wish you the best of luck in the in the future workshops and um yeah thanks again thank you we'll talk again eh? yeah okay thanks so much for listening hope you enjoyed that one it was great to finally speak with max um before we left actually we parted company he said that he'd be definitely keen on speaking again so maybe 2019 we'll have another episode with max next week i have with me louis duany who is the founder of om apparel i've got somewhere their gear it's great clobber for, for gents who like to do yoga and look cool at the same time which i try to do um i met louis in his offices in shoreditch otherwise known as um towers and it was great to chat with him that's going to be episode 26 so if it's already uploaded you can just scroll to the right or the left i'm not sure and check out episode 26 with louis as always thanks so much for listening for tuning in if you have any questions, comments, find me on Instagram, Kevin Ball Yoga. Otherwise, if you get a chance to leave me a review on iTunes and a rating, I'd really appreciate it. Look after yourself. Chat next week. Bye.